Hi. Hello, Henrietta. Welcome to the conversations. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well, even though I just came off of a heated conversation with your husband here. Oh my God. That's the reason to make the subject of the podcast what it is today. Okay. Well, that is concurrent with, uh, I guess, one of the bigger themes of your week. So what is the question? The question of the week is, have you seen the Osho movie, Wild Wild Country, that has been that's streaming on Netflix and has been highly topical uh, over the last week or two um, amongst people in fashion and, and others? My answer to that is no, I haven't seen it. I've been meaning, to be honest, I've been meaning to see it. There's, like you said, just been so much buzz and um, it really is quite polarizing. The conversations have been super heated. I mean, literally you just got off the back of a, I mean, we've been delayed by well over an hour because you were basically screaming at each other for quite a few of that, you know, hour. Yes. And we'll try to capture some of that energy in this conversation. (laughs) And you haven't seen it. Actually, I think this is quite interesting. You will, of course. But I think a dialogue between us, A, you've heard heard some stuff about it and you've certainly heard some of my position on this so I this this will be an interesting kind of kind of discussion for us I think to be honest it doesn't really sound like my kind of thing so I would be interested to almost um dive in a little deeper you know in terms of like why I should even watch it I mean it's literally a whole six hours okay fair enough fair enough I tell you those six hours those six hours you want to spend watching this documentary so what is it that was so compelling like you guys had such a visceral argument like it was really just you both were just so taken by it tell me about it like what is that okay well I'll tell you as much as I know before and surely I'll I'll tell you about what my feelings were upon watching that documentary well before this documentary I've heard of Osho O-S-H-O and Osho is known as the smiling guru so I've lived in in the in the on the west coast and you hear you hear them talk about Osho on the west coast I'm like oh the, the the laughing guru is coming to town or whatever the case may be or at least back in the day but that's to the extent that I've known that I knew about it. I loved the idea of just like laughing as a form of meditation, a form of spirituality, of a, as a laughter a, is the best medicine. Laughter is the best medicine, as they say. So I've always sort of um, given a nod to that prescription, but I've never, I never dug deeper. I always had this sort of passing knowledge of Osho. But those always make for the best documentaries because you always, you always want to feel like you're uncovering something you didn't really know. You know, like when you watch those documentaries about people that you are, you idolize, they're not really divulging that much unless there's a whole entire different side to their life that you didn't know about. So I kind of love the idea of delving into someone that you only know on the periphery. And I, I think that's a great observation. And that's exactly what, what happened. And I think that's exactly what happened to a lot of people. Either people have heard of Osho or they haven't, but were just interested by this so-called cult. So the premise of this documentary is essentially this sect, this cult, if you want to call it that, uh, that was uh, well, fairly well established in, in India. They left there because of religious persecution, let's say. It was the during the time of Mahatma Gandhi and things were, um, let's call it 
a bit tumultuous. And so subsequently, they found, they identified America as the new frontier where they would set up their group and flourish and grow. Their ideals of what it is to be in America, like, you know, well, the land of the free, the American dream, free will. Absolutely. The American dream and, and the free will and all of that stuff underscore a lot of their, their thinking. And just to, just to kind of clarify, as much as I know about the, the, the Bakwan, he's called different name, Rajesh Bakwan Osho. Those are, those are the three of the names that he's been, um, he's been called, uh, historically. So he's essentially known as the, the counterculture guru. A lot of pr- the prescription that is offered by, uh, by his religion, the, the Ragnishis, is about happiness, celebration, love. It's about community building, communal existence. It's about sustainable living. It's about laughter. It's about meditation. So in many ways, it was a prescription for living this utopian existence. Like in a real, real way, like those things sound positive and actually quite magical. (laughs) Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, in watching this, I feel that the foundation was set to live something wonderful. He wanted to recreate a new man, a man that is about harmony and about shared existence. I mean, it it all sounds very, very sort of like precious, but not at all. No, it sounds really bohemian, which is really interesting because when you actually describe it as a cult, it sounds super shady in a way that makes me feel a bit nervous. But this the foundations at the very least sound like it's coming from a really good place. And I 100% agree with that. And the point of uh, <laughs> discussion that your husband and I just had was really about uh, what went wrong uh, in this situation. I felt that this group identify a region in Oregon where they can be by themselves. They can be self-sufficient. They can live their life um, that's involved, again, with a laughter, happiness, celebration, uh, libertine sex, and all those sort of things, literally to go against in many ways um, um, of how we currently live, the conventions by which we live now. And the very small town of Antelope, they felt that there was the, this group of otherness moved in, and they pushed back and essentially gave them uh, a real hard time from the beginning and subsequently subsequently this group fought back they weren't this sort of like you know uh, let's call it peace and love hippies they were the kind of hippies where you're pushing us you our backs are against the wall and we are not about turning the other cheek we're going to show you that other cheek and we're going to fight back we're going to arm ourselves and so forth so the purpose of this community was ultimately to be self-contained within this like town or compound it really what Were they trying to, you know how like with religion and most other cults, they're really trying to spread the word. There's this idea of like world domination and that everyone must kind of be uniform and conform. Like were they they really genuinely just like doing them and it was all quite contained in this compound? Yes, they were doing them. They bought a, a very large property and set about building out all kinds of Structures, including hospitals and uh, airstrips. It was a very, very, very self-contained environment. Yes, it was, I believe it was 19 miles away from the closest town, which is Antelope. But I uh, know they had set about to do their own thing. It wasn't about converting the local community. Um, it was about 
anyone who shares this philosophy, yes, do come and find us on our private property here in Oregon. But it wasn't about we're going to take over your your town here of Antelope. Subsequently, they they got into a lot of uh, legal issues uh, because they were trying to fight for their place in this region. And there was just a lot of legislative pushback and so forth. And so that's when things went off the rails. Okay, so that is a very clear sort of summary. But what is it that you were really taken by? Because you've been talking about it for quite a few days and you just you just were so like compelled by the story. Like what are the elements of it that have just made you feel so kind of well, taken by this? You know, one of the one of the first things that came to mind is that you know, we're in this woke culture currently where people are lifting the veil and saying like, oh my God, the way that we've been living is actually anti- antithetical to how we should be living. Like we should be more compassionate. Yes. We should live with joy. We should celebrate life more. We should be um, concerned about our, our fellow man and share with our fellow man. We should be concerned about the planet and live sustainably. All those kind of things were almost ahead of its time. I was going to say, actually, that it sounds, uh, I said magical, but I was going to say also that it sounds super modern. Like it almost sounds like the themes that are coming back today and also what's needed today to offset a lot of the kind of crap that's going on, particularly politically, socially economically, everything. 100%. I mean, issues even like the equality of the sexes, like men and women were treated very equally on this property, or at least that was the that was the premise as to how it um, ultimately played out. The premise was that they're treated equally. Women are working and building and doing all the kind of things that men are doing. Like it was actually really a powerful thing Was it thing like a mini Wakanda? <laughs> Minus the tech. It was a, a mini Wakanda and it was supposed to be, I will make this point, it was supposed to be for all creed, color, and so on and so forth. I did recognize that there were a lot of wealthy, hippie, uh, European types. <laughs> well, where were they in Oregon? I mean, well, they were in Oregon, but people came from all over the world. So literally people were dropping their lives in Germany, in, 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 in England, in, in South America, and literally headed to Oregon um, to join this group of people whom they felt was the new man. And they were really, really uh, keen on establishing a new man identity. Again, the new man that lives in harmony, that lives with compassion, and all of these more, say, utopian ideals that, <laughs> that we may have. Like, I guess this is like a, mill- a millennial brain I'm literally like how did they even know about this without social media <laughs> like how was he able to grow the cult globally well, that's in the, this one remote place that's the amazing thing I mean it, it, it initially started in India but people carried the message across the world and it was a message that was potent and that was effective because they really did come from all and sundry places to occupy this property. Okay, so it all sounds really magical and progressive and modern. What went wrong? Because I feel like there are lessons in this because <laughs> it's no, but it's true. These are all the themes that are happening right now. Like this idea of like kindness and equality for the sexes and sustainability and living off the earth and like laughter and happiness and self-care. So what was the pivot that actually made it go wrong? And what are the key learnings that we need to know? 
Well, you know what happened? Humanity happened. <laughs> Humanity happened. The central character, the other central character besides Bhagwan Rajesh is um, Ma Adnan Sheila. She arguably is the starring uh, character in this film. And she essentially uh, was the face of the organization, the spokesperson, the the architect, she literally led the charge for the Rajneesh. So she built out this property. She corralled, you know, the troops to do whatever was necessary in order to grow and spread the message. But then when the fight came on from the local community, I believe that um, Adnan Sheila lost her way. She started to use tactics that were, uh, say, would be tactics of her adversaries now. You know, things got very dicey. Things got criminal. Things got very, very uh, polarizing. And I, my feeling is that this woman and this organization was pushed their backs were against the wall and 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 she responded um accordingly not in the best way some of the things that were done in this film were really 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 off the pale but i understood why they took place and most importantly i keep coming back to the or original the genesis of this community and the genesis uh, for this community was on something very profound very strong issues that we're still trying to work out today. Yeah, I see that. So it was almost like she really couldn't, she took a turn with the negativity and almost fought fire with fire in a way that I guess, based on the codes of this community, seemed like unusual, maybe? Exactly. And here it is, this firebrand of an Indian woman who is as articulate as any of those attorneys that are fighting for the case of the state. She is holding her ground. She knows the rules. She knows the laws. She knows essentially the rules of the game. And she's, you know, she's maybe having a little bit too much fun <laughs> uh, expressing herself and her knowledge in that way. But, um, but she knew what she was talking about. But I think that, I think a lot of this was about the other nesting. Here is this Indian woman and this like Indian and guru and this community, this alternative community that they've built up, I think a lot of that was them not understanding or trying to understand a community that just wanted to do things differently and better. So do you feel like had they gone to California, I mean, not New York prices, but had they gone to somewhere more liberal, these issues would never have happened? It was all about the community. This particular community was so old schooled in their thinking. They really, they really didn't open up their hearts to embrace something that they didn't fully understand. They were very much on a one track mind. And I, as I said, I felt that this group was seen as the other and were, and were never embraced. And then when things <laughs> went off the tracks, there was no, there was no reconciliation on that front. Then it was, it was almost full out war. And then they get tarred as being criminals and all of those other things because they're the other. And then they get tarred as being criminal and so forth. And then the community ultimately, the community ultimately fell apart. And of course, these local people probably think that they're the victors. Like, oh, they came and ran these hundreds of people out of town. These hundreds of people, again, who was trying to change the vibration on this planet. And uh, and because they looked different, particularly like in their maroon garb, they were deigned other and subsequently not given the opportunity to live out this uh, this potentially utopian lifestyle. Do you think that that could ever exist? That you could live, that you could 
segregate yourself from essentially from the rest of the world and live in a self-contained utopian lifestyle? Do you think that you could achieve that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have to say, in seeing this film, it affirmed the fact that in, that this can be done. And for me, reminded me of the reasons why this should be done. I do feel that in the so-called real world, like... There's no awakeness going on there. And that's what Bakwan really wanted. He, he wanted to be like, how we are living over here with all these insecurities, with all this stress, with all of this stuff. That's not the life. That is not the life. Look over here. There are alternatives. And, you know, there's a guru figure in this equation. But from my feeling, it's not about, it's not about him. It's really about the, and it's not, it's not about, um, um, uh, Sheila either. She was solely a, a messenger, a spokesperson, but it was about the message. It was about the message. Forget that Bakwan had 365 Rolls Royces and he loved diamond, uh, diamond watches and all this sort of things. He was also a guru who didn't want you to eschew all the modern trappings of materiality. But he literally was doing, did you just say he had all of those Rolls Voices. Like, yes. if that's it, very contradictory. No, he did not issue any of the material trappings of, of modern day life. He, in fact, he promoted them. He said there was nothing wrong with driving around in comfort. There's nothing wrong with having a well um, designed, uh, fully blinked out diamond watch on your on your hands. That's a gift from one of his followers. You know, he really debunked a lot of the uh, the philosophies that we that we live by. Things that we hold so sacrosanct. He was like, no, no, uh, sexual freedom, for example like things to be hide and cloaked no live freely have sex freely you know run around naked all the kind of libertine things that we're so buttoned up about he really broke down a lot of those walls i i do sound like the converted guys i don't i i haven't joined no, the sex <laughs> it's not that i'm just really trying to reconcile this idea of this this guru and his number two because it kind of sounds a bit like a dictatorship married with these really kind of modern, freeing, liberal ideas, while also mapped against the idea that he did have all of this material wealth. It kind of sounds, and obviously, and now I'm in, like I'm in, okay. I'm going to dedicate the six hours, <laughs> I'm doing it. Do it. But you're just painting this really kind of magical, utopian idea. And I'm just wondering like how pure these two people are. It sounds like there's a level of abuse of power theme from a a few (laughs) last week. But it does, it kind of sounds a bit there's no purity here. Let me be, let me be 100% clear. I think these characters are definitely flawed. And again, that's why I keep hearkening back, uh, to the message because I think the message is huge. This attempt to break us out from this sort of like rigid belief system, most of us on this planet are, are, uh, sort of boxed in like that. It was all about, just like getting those shackles off and reimagining a life for reimagining a life for ourselves, I came across literally these were Bakwan had written them sort of like as a joke in a way. You know, someone had asked him like, "Tell me your ten commandments." He's like, "I don't really believe in commandments, but if I were to have some commandments, here are what they would be." And I'm going to read them very quickly for you. Number one: Never obey anyone's command unless it is coming from within you. Also, two: There is no 
God other than life itself. Three, truth is within you. Do not search for it elsewhere. Four, love is prayer. And I'll only read up to five. To become a nothingness is the door to truth. Nothingness itself is the means, the God and the attainment. I just feel that there's such potent offerings from his teachings and uh, he has written hundreds of books fyi and shared by my own personal guru oprah it sounds like <laughs> no but it does it sounds like a lot of the sort of rhetoric that she often speaks about to achieve levels of you know utopia of sorts absolutely absolutely and you know a lot of these teachings they find themselves in different gurus and philosophers uh prescriptions but uh but we're talking about this this particular one right now and i and i have to say this film really stirred a lot of really stirred a lot of internal uh, a lot of thought a lot of a lot a lot of thought it comes at you from so many different ways it's not black and white i can't understand why i got into such a heated discussion with your husband because it does bring up some really uh powerful issues and the characters are not black and white they are flawed individuals but i think that's really uh i have a, a two friends in particular who work in documentary film and i think that the essence of what documentary film ultimately is is there is no one, you know, it's not narrative film. It's not a scripted film. It's, it's, uh, it's holding a mirror and it really is about what your vantage point is, what your own personal contextual ideas of the themes in the documentary are. It's almost like no two opinions will be the same because it's, it's really real life. And so true to that, everyone's going to have a completely different vantage point. So it really sounds like it executed against what a documentary is really supposed to be about. Agreed. And while I took so much away from this, like in terms of like honoring the philosophies, Bakwan and everyone agreed that it was the great experiment. It was definitely experiment. There was nothing, there was nothing for, foregone about this, this process. It was a definitely a, something that was being tried. It had not been tried before in such a way. And they were aware that they were, uh, the attempt was to really change the vibration on this planet. I quite like that. Because that, that does, again, it feels very modern because it's this idea of what would happen if we removed ourselves and actually explored these philosophies and like figured it out and like going in knowing that you don't have all the answers and you don't know how it's going to go, which sounds almost like the antithesis of a cult because there's something very finite in their objective, right? It's like, this is the word. Everyone needs to know about it. Those that don't prescribe to it are going to die and the earth will implode or we're going to take it over. Like it feels very kind of finite, like I said before, but this feels, I don't know, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm excited to to look at this and see how it really informs and, and makes me think about different ideas that are super relevant right now, it sounds like. Definitely, definitely. I can't wait to, to hear your feedback from this. And one of the points that I want to make is that though it falls under this cult umbrella, there was, there was one thing that kind of removes it from this cult identity is that there was a great sense of individualism that was a part of this prescription. It wasn't just this blanket thing. I mean, there was a real, there was a real honor of what the individual wants and needs are. It wasn't about like, just do this in this way to, to service this individual. It, I didn't get that feeling. I really didn't. I really got, uh, the individual sense in this equation for sure. Mm. 
again the antithesis of a cult because the idea of that is is a uniformed sort of being but it's really I mean it really has like everyone is raving about this I'm really excited to watch it like I've even seen that like um, I saw that Garage magazine had done like an editorial on like <laughs> looks inspired by this. And I think at that point I was like, okay, we're trying to commoditize this. Let me look into it. <laughs> Whilst also obviously going to matches.com to look at a few of these pieces. Well, I will leave it on this note. And this is a quote, I believe directly from Bhagwan. I was asleep, but now I'm awake. Stay woke. I'll be watching. Bye. Bye. Time for something new